Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to a jam-packed edition here of Around the Hearn. Middle of September means week four of high school football, the end of the golf regular season, and so many things to get to. When I say this is jam-packed, not only is the guest list terrific, Rich Harlan, the proprietor of Hall of Fame Huddle, will talk about the big event he's got going on this weekend, about the event he had last weekend, and he'll talk about one of our guests in Emelise, a Spencerville Bearcat team huddle member and Kentucky Wesleyan signee. Also, Diana Kramer, the head volleyball coach of the defending state champions in New Bremen, coming off a big win. You'll hear her talk about it against St. John's coming up. Uh, it'll actually happen, obviously, a couple hours earlier as I had a lot of uh, things going on this week and kind of a later taping than I'm used to early on uh, Thursday afternoon. But just means I got to see more things, and there are so many things to get to news-wise this week, and it starts with the uh, big news. Xavier Simpson, the Lima senior product at the University of Michigan Wolverine, signed to play in the German A Pro League which is the second-highest-ranked league in Germany with Science City Jenna. So congratulations to X. I saw on a Twitter kind of playing catch-up from the last couple of days. He actually left the country a couple of days ago, but uh, I know that Q threw him a nice going-away party. And X, if you hear this, the uh, folks from the Bean and all around are beyond proud of you and what you've already done and what you'll continue to do out in Germany. Uh, my two shout-outs for this week, there are a lot of them, by the way, but kind of uh, tried to pare it down. New Knoxville soccer star Patrick Covert. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. He had a couple of goals. Matthew Steller was on this show, and he talked about how good that young man can be. He just broke the school record tonight, his own school record, by the way, with his six goals. I believe the program's all-time leading scorer against Fairlawn. He beat him single-handedly on the scoreboard. It was an 8-2 game, but he gets six goals and uh, not to be outdone. Ottawa Glendorf comes away with a 16-0 win against Van Wert. Kelsey Erford, four goals, three assists for the Titans as they get back on the winning track after losing a heartbreaker to Chandler Clark and Bath on Monday night. Clark had a spectacular header that even Chris Podraski, the head coach at OG, said, I can't hate on it. The young lady made a heck of a play. But so those are the two soccer shout-outs for this week. A lot of great games. I've actually seen three or four already this week and uh, quite a few more coming up before the season's done. A lot of Spencerville games on Z Sports 3 and Ottawa Glendorf on WZOQ Radio in addition to uh, some other things that I'm working on. Turning to football now. Speaking of Z Sports 3, we're supposed to have Spencerville playing Ada Friday night in the Northwest Conference three-week playoff chase. It's not going to happen. Uh, Jason Geiser, one of the many people to report, and did a, a really nice job about the Ada Bulldogs released uh, through, I saw John Zerby sent out a press release, the terrific guest they had a, uh, a couple months ago. Ada at Spencerville said, Ada is not COVID-related, but they are ending their football season and will not play Spencerville in the playoffs, and they will not play any other games. Uh, it really comes down to they didn't have enough players that were healthy. They had a couple of young men transfer out. And uh, also the back end of that news with Jason Geiser was the fact that Sean Christopher 
the third-year head coach at Ada, resigned, said he needed to spend some more time with his soon-to-be-growing family. Wish him and Ada all the best, and hopefully those kids are all okay and uh, are able to get healthy. Lynn Grohl of the Touchdown Publications magazine has been one of the big Twitter uh, posts that I've read. Uh, Lima Senior at Toledo St. John's Jesuit is not going to happen because St. John's has been quarantined after they played Finley last week. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, uh, moving pieces in the track, and uh, a lot of teams with the uh, contact tracing and uh, a lot of quarantining that it just won't be happening. So uh, the track is kind of a mess right now. Everything up north, trying to stay as far away from that as possible. Big on this day in history, uh, 1999, as a matter of fact, it's September 17th, Ben Roethlisberger, I've heard of him. Through eight touchdowns in a game against Fremont Ross, second highest total in OHSAA history, he ended up okay. Uh, and kind of another one of these shout-outs. They're all coming from the uh, soccer pitch this week. Lima Senior's girl soccer goalkeeper, Allie Franzaglia. This is just insane to me. I didn't even realize this until I was reading back through some things. 43 saves in a game last week. Seven more than the previous record at LSH. And the seventh most in a single game in OHSA history. I actually just talked to this young man, Braden Sauter, the now former... Ottawa's 63rd head coach and the uh, former Columbus Grove assistant coach. He takes over the head spot, and it will likely be uh, finalized by Monday. I hope maybe to have him on next week. So Ottawa's new coach is Nick Watkins. He takes over a program that will be coming off of kind of a a year-and-a-half hiatus next year if and when they're able to get going, and it's always a good time uh, at Memorial Field. But good luck to both of those guys. Turning to the world of golf, St. Mary's and University of Findlay golfer Jill Schmidtmeyer ends up being sixth at the Indianapolis Fall Invitational this week. She's going to have some new teammates next year when she is a senior. Aaron Mulcahy and Mary Kelly Mulcahy, both both of Lima Central Catholic, end up signing at the University of Findlay. So if you thought Findlay's golf team was good before, whoa, Nelly, watch out. They're going to continue to be good. Volleyball action, the... Uh, Polls came out this week. Ottawa Glendorf was number one in Division Three. I think not really to the shock of anybody. But big win for them this week. The Titans dropped their first set of the year. They were up 2-0 against eighth-ranked Liberty Benton. Came back, though, and won 3-1. Also beat up on Van Wert tonight. 3-0. Now, a lot of golf. A lot of league championships that were up for grabs. Liberty Benton, the boys grabbed the men's BBC title. The Bath Girls tennis team clinched the outright WBL title. The Minster boys golf team went 9-0, beat Versailles to finish off an unbeaten MAC season and pick up a championship. Coldwater girls go 8-0 to win the MAC in the regular season. And Allen East, the team finished the regular season unbeaten. They'll play in the Northwest Conference Tournament, which is at Colonial next week. Uh, that was not easy when I tried to play there. Probably a little more so for them. They're a little better. And I saw this uh, a couple of days ago, and I tweeted about it. And I just I love these stories, being able to catch up with the kids in college. Bailey White, terrific goalkeeper from Kaleida, played 45 minutes in her college debut last week. I actually saw her mom put it up on Facebook at Oklahoma Panhandle State University. They beat Manhattan College 6 nothing. Now, because of the weird 
thing with the scheduling and COVID and traveling. Uh, they will play just six matchups this year. They'll take on Ecclesia in uh, Springdale, Arkansas on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, speaking of college, Bluffton University will play just two games in the fall. They did announce a lot of schools in the area, the college ranks, that they're going to play a lot in the, uh, I want to call it winter, but they're going to call it spring, starting in February. Uh, just two for the Beavers. They'll play October the 17th. They'll go to Trine, and then they will play Adrian on the 24th. So that's uh, something to look forward to in college football ranks. It actually got started last week. Ohio State in the Big Ten making news. Now the MAC is trying to make some news as well. A volleyball action. Four of the top eight teams, and I'll get to the polls here in a second, in the state of Ohio in Division Four reside in our area. New Knoxville is number six. They beat number eight Fort Recovery in volleyball, gave the Indians their first loss of the season. Tonight, Thursday Night Lights, Fort Loramie, ranked eighth in the state, beat up on at Covington 41-7. And the one-ranked boys soccer matchup, Division Three Bluffton, number three in the state, beat number two Kenton. They were ranked number eight in Division Two, two to nothing tonight. And a look at the uh, state. This one takes a while. Uh, start with the boys' soccer polls. Division Two has Kenton at number eight, Shawnee at number fourteen. I just talked about Bluffton at uh, number three in Division Three. Girls D two Bath is number five. Salina is number eighteen. Bath and Salina actually just squared off tonight. And it was three to nothing in favor of Bath, so they win that matchup, ranked, and then Anna in D three is number nine. That's nearly as many goals as they put up tonight. A uh, just a terrific win for them over Coldwater. Uh, and you look at the uh, volleyball polls. Division two, Salina is number seventeen. They will probably drop out of that top twenty. They just got beaten by Marion Local, who ranks number four. In Division 4 on a Tuesday, 3-0. Division 3 had OG at 1, LB at 8, Tenora at 15, Versailles at 16, Coldwater tied at 18, and then in Division 4, New Bremen got 30 of 43 first-place votes, and you'll hear from their head coach in just a few in Diana Kramer. Also, Fort Loramie, ranked number 3, Marion 4, Rushi 5, Knoxville 6, Fort Recovery, 8, St. Henry, 13, Jackson Center, 17, Lincoln View, 18. And you'll hear a story about Brianna Ebel, the young lady for the Lancers, who got her 2000th career assist in a game and a loss on Monday night against New Bremen. And then uh, Lipsick comes in at number 19. <sighs> I told you, there were going to be a lot. There were 16 volleyball teams that were ranked. Goes to show just how good teams in our area are. Take a look at the football polls. You've got, uh, again, quite a few. You start all the way down in at Division 4. Kenton got a first-place vote. They are number 8 at 2-1. and one. Van Wert, who's got a, a big matchup tomorrow night against St. Mary's at Van Wert, will be uh, uh, starting the ranking number 12. They got 25 votes just behind the Shelby Whippets. Napoleon came in ranked number 14, by the way as they were also up in that line. And uh, I'm excited for Van Wert and uh, St. Mary's. 6.15 for the pregame, 7 o'clock for the kickoff on K94, or I believe it's 8.15 on Saturday night. You can watch it on WOSN with myself and Denny Sisko providing the uh, commentary. If you're there, just watch it again. Uh, Division 6, 
Coldwater, number one in the state of Ohio. Again, you've got Archbold at number seven. Also further down there, Columbus Grove getting a little bit of love in 14th. I think that they're going to get some more after the next couple of weeks. Division seven, Marion Local reigns supreme. Lima Central Catholic, despite the loss last week, sits at two and one in fifth. Tri Village is in sixth. Arlington seven, Fort Loramie eight. New Bremen, right behind Norwalk St. Paul in 12th. Spencerville got some love. They're 13th. And St. Henry sits in 14. That is a lot of ranked teams and so many great athletes and so many things to be proud of uh, here in Northwest Ohio. I've got some more things coming up here in just a few, including you'll hear from Diana Kramer, the uh, volleyball coach at New Bremen, along with Rich Harlan, a Hall of Fame huddle. He'll talk about Emma Lease, and then you'll hear from Emma herself as we roll on here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Back talking about volleyball and Bremen volleyball with, I just recently found this out, one of my favorite coaches now, for sure, and Diana Kramer, <laughs> because after it was announced that my wife and I were having a baby, we have a Carolina-Kentucky uh, thing going on, and she does not thankfully fall on the Duke side of things. So thank you for being a refreshing uh, addition to not having Duke in that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there are far too many coaches in the area that are either Duke or Kentucky fans, and Patch was one of them. Right. I well, well, you know, you you just got to find you got to find that right team. But I I'm with you right now. You know, Duke and Kentucky maybe not so much. Good, good. At least I mean, some of them at least agree with my wife on the no Duke thing. But it's uh, it's always nice to find someone who knows what shade of blue you should have. <laughs> There we go. I don't have much blue in my closet, but I will cheer for them for sure. I would imagine, too. That's what I was thinking with New Bremen. I would imagine with the teams in your conference, you're not allowed to have any shades of blue. Right, right. Absolutely. You know, we cheer for them, but on game day, we're all crimson and gold. And you're stuck right in the middle of two blue teams, too, because you beat Lincoln View on Monday and you get St. John's on Thursday. Right, absolutely. Um, You know, our schedule is really, really tough, and you know, we're just we're just thankful that we're able to play this season, and hopefully, you know, we're doing what we need to do off the court and on the court. Um, so we're just hoping that it can, we, you know, we can continue to have a season and play. And you know, that goes for all fall sports out there, and winter sports, and the spring sports, and you know, the kids being in school. It's you know, we just want to have all of those things. We want to be able to participate in the things that matter the most to us. So we're excited. We're happy with where we are right now. So. How much of an extra challenge has that made 
kind of the off season going into trying to get training and you can't have your normal summer camps and just sort of kind of thrown off the learning curve for younger girls. Right. You know, it's, it's difficult. And you know, these kids are 15, 16, 17 years old, 18 years old. And you know, they're being thrown this curveball that it, it's just really, really hard to deal with. I couldn't be prouder of how, you know, these young, young girls are handling themselves. And, you know, actually all the athletes at here at New Bremen, you know, I feel like sometimes they're actually handling it better than the adults because the adults are, you know, we're so set in our ways and this is how things always have to be. And, you know, the girls have adapted to the change. You know, it always hasn't been welcoming, but we're going to do what we have to do. And, you know, the bottom line is we want to stay safe. We want to keep our community safe. We want to keep Ohioans safe. So we're going to do what they say and we're just going to find a way to, to make the world a better place. And it's fascinating to me to just look up and down your schedule and realize you have to be, I mean, obviously you have a bullseye from what you've had the last couple of years, but you have to be good coming out of the gate because you don't exactly play slouches as it were. Right. Um, You know, every team on our schedule is really, really good. I would say that most teams probably are ranked, you know, when they came out, when the OHSA came out and said that we weren't able to play multiple teams on the same day, you know, we were kind of scrambling. Luckily, we only had one tournament. We um, were hosting Lima Shawnee, Monroeville, and um, I think it was Versailles off the top of my head. So Monroeville and Versailles fell off of our schedule, which we already played Versailles during our conference schedule. So we were looking for a couple more games. And, you know, I reached out to some of the bigger schools in Ohio or some of the schools that I knew were, had really solid programs. And Bishop Benwick, um, the Division Two state champions from last year, said that they were interested in playing. So actually we just got done playing them on Saturday, which was a great matchup. Um, you know, they're, they, they graduated players just like we graduated players, but it was a great matchup. And I, I don't know if they're, I believe they're ranked in division two. I just don't know where, um, but you know, rankings are rankings and we don't get too caught up in the fact that, you know, where we're ranked or where somebody else is ranked because they're more for the outside world. You know, we're just staying focused on, you know, our next biggest game is Delphus. We play Delphus on Thursday, so we have to be ready to play them and stay hungry and humble along this journey because it, it's a crazy one, that's for sure. They ended up ranked eighth in the first poll, but they also got two first okay. place votes, and I think uh, that was the big thing is nobody was sold on one uh-huh. team. But I, I love the rankings because they're good hyperbole. They give us stuff to talk right, about right. in the broadcast, and it just it absolutely fascinated me. I was going through... Five MAC teams in Division Four are ranked. Four of those in the top eight. Two in Division mm-hmm. Three. You're number one. Marion's number four. Knoxville six. Fort Recovery's eight. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you throw in Loramie and Rushi at three and five. But it just kind of goes to show, I think, how much respect Northwest Ohio has gotten mm-hmm. in volleyball across the state. Ab- absolutely, I think that you know, and and the reason that they get so much respect is because the girls, not only at New Bremen, but just in this area, they just they just play a lot and they want to get better. They have that drive in them and they just want to succeed. And, you know, the girls in New Bremen are pushing the girls in um, Marion Local. They're pushing the girls at New Knoxville because everybody wants to be the best version of themselves. You know, off the court, everybody is, everybody gets along. Everybody knows each other. You know, everybody supports each other. And it's just really, really fun to watch everything play out because, Volleyball is the fastest growing sport, not only in Ohio, but in the nation. And that's a proven fact. And 
it's fun to see these girls compete at an incredibly high level and they're just so athletic and they're so driven and it's a crazy sport. Volleyball is the only game where if you make a mistake, it directly leads to a point for the other team. You know, I'm a big basketball person, but you could travel in basketball and it might not directly lead to a point. It may, but it's not guaranteed to put a point on the scoreboard. So, you know, that, that's something that's different and it's, it has changed since I even played in high school because, you know, everything went rally. As soon as everything went rally, points are scored every single play. And sometimes a team can be up by six points and two minutes later, they're losing by two points. It is that crazy of a sport. And, you know, it's, it's just fun to watch the little kids, you know, they want to be grow up and be like the older girls. And, you know, that, that goes across this entire area. Everybody just competes and, you know, they, they embrace the competition. I was thinking about that too, with, uh, with the way the scoring is with some of these matches that go five sets and then they end up going to 1917 or 2119 mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine if it was the old way of, well, that was a two hour match anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, right. we've got things to do next week. Right. I mean, so I was just looking at our, um, the box score from when we played Fenwick on Saturday and the first set, we went two rotations around and we were on point number 13, which means we would serve, they would side out, they would serve, we would side out. So really in a normal game, when I played back in high school, which was back in 2002, so not that long ago, the score would have still been zero to zero. Um, but at that point, the score is like 13 to 12 because everybody, everybody, you score a point when on every single ball, you know, back in, in when I played it, it had, the point had to score off of the serve. See, I'm glad that you said 2002 because you keep saying back in my day, and I'm only a year <laughs> older than you are. So I keep thinking, oh, good, it wasn't like 85 or something. Right. That That <laughs> is much older than me, though. But it is it is crazy to think, though, kind of about how uh, – I talk about this with basketball coaches all the time, about how since a lot of them were in high school, how the game has evolved. It's a completely different animal since really the last 20 years for volleyball. Right. It is a completely different animal. Um and the girls just keep getting more athletic. So it's fun to see, you know, people just want to compete. And like I said, we're going to compete at the highest level, but volleyball is a game of mistakes. So you have to understand that you're going to make mistakes and you just have to be able to respond to those mistakes. Interestingly, I saw on Twitter, uh, the 2000 assist for Brianna Ebel from Lincoln view a couple of nights ago, even though that's an opponent, I saw that you were able to appreciate that. And in that moment, I mean, that's a, a bigger than sort of us, bigger than a Cardinal sort of thing to be able to see a young lady excel like that. Absolutely. You know, last night I actually played club volleyball back in high school with Lincoln View's head coach, and they said that they were going to stop the game at, you know, or they they were going to recognize her in between two of the sets. And I said, you know, I said, whenever that moment happens, don't take that moment away from her. Even if it's in the middle of the set, even if it's on game point, stop the game, let her have that moment because she's worked really, really hard for that moment. So it was really, it was really cool to see. Um, them honor her and she deserves all that credit and you know the recognition that she gets and you know she was humble and she was thanking her teammates she was thanking her parents and her coaches and it's that's that's what high school sports are all about and it was great it was a great moment you've obviously had moments like that whether it be for yourself or as a coach throughout the course of the year where you have to maybe try to get the girls quickly to just kind of try to snap back into all right now that's cool and all but we need to put this one away mode right absolutely that's that's the game of volleyball you can't dwell on the past because if you dwell on the past, the other team's going to use that momentum and carry on. So 
you know, while you can become really frustrated with yourself or with your team, it's all about the next play. And that's, that's how life is. You can't worry about what happened yesterday. You have to live in the moment and, you know, try to prepare for the future. But while you're preparing for that future, you just got to stay hungry in that moment. I got to call your state championship win for TV. And I remember looking across the court before, before the game and after the match that when you won, I thought it was so neat that the whole time you just sort of put the spotlight on the kids and it was how immediately kids are running up to you and just the smile you go from business mode to happy mode in about two seconds. That's got to be a heck of a thing to try to sort of uh, keep yourself calm while that's going on. Right. You know, I, I feel very grateful and thankful for the volleyball career that I had as a player. Um, And then as a coach at St. Henry, I feel like I accomplished, I was very happy with what was going on. And then at, at New Bremen, you know, we've had a lot of success too. And I'm just thankful that these kids get to experience that because it's it's a thing that they will never forget the rest of their life. And this community has been so supportive of us too. But any any good coach out there knows that they're not coaching for themselves or for any other reason but to to better better the kids in their community um, and turn them into role models and good, good just good people that are going to make a difference and make the world a better place someday. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck against St. John's and the rest of the season. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. That's New Bremen Volleyball Coach Diana Kramer back in just a few. The Spencerville Athletic Boosters are a 501c3 organization committed to supporting the student-athletes at Spencerville Local Schools. All donations made to the Boosters go to the athletes for new jerseys, huddle equipment, and much, much more. To learn more about the Boosters and to help our athletes succeed on the field with your generosity off the field, please visit facebook.com slash Spencerville Athletic Boosters. Or if you have questions, please contact Sean McFerrin at BearcatBoosters at Outlook.com. Let's go, Bearcats. Back now on the show, uh, talking to one of my favorite people in the world in Rich Harlan of HOFHuddle.com. Team Huddle, you can find him everywhere. He's on the Twitter. And he's probably, if you leave a bag of salami on your counter, he's probably the guy who will come in and take a couple of pieces. A couple of pieces? Well, all right. That bag's gone. Half the bag. If... If you and I come to people's door and they have salami, that's it's pretty much they better just turn around and go make more. Pretty much the all-American meal, man. It's, it, you just sit here and eat it out of the bag. There's no need for bread. No, it just gets in the way. Yeah, it fills you up too fast. Yeah. Um, so aside from being a salami connoisseur, you're, uh, <laughs> I like to refer to others will have different ideas, but I think they're wrong the guru of girls basketball in the state of Ohio. I don't know personally for my money, anybody that does more. And that's kind of proven yesterday. You had an event in Northeast Ohio, the seventh annual version of your Northeast Ohio event. How did that go? Uh, It went pretty awesome. Um, You know, I had my, I had my doubts, you know, because obviously we had to require masks. Uh, we could, we had to limit the amount of people that were in the gym. So every round of games, we had to clear the games, clear the gym, uh, before we let the next crew in. Um, so, you know, I was, I was a little concerned about how people would take that or if people were willing to wear their mask and, uh, quite honestly, it went perfect. Uh, the rain held off. So, you know, people had to spend more time outside than, than normal. And obviously that's not how I want it to be, but uh, just given what we have to do here with uh, restrictions, 
it had to be done. So it honestly went perfect on that end. Um, I have not been able to sit down yet to to list the amount of coaches that were there, but uh, we're talking high fifties, maybe sixties. Um, it was it was unbelievable. The the whole sideline was packed and uh, with proper social distancing, obviously, but. Um, it was just amazing. No, no major injuries and maybe a, a tweaked ankle here or there. Um, a lot of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of coaches told me that this might've been the, the showcase with the most talent that they've ever been to of mine. So, uh, all that, you know, kind of mixes together and makes a great day. I mean, that's, a huge compliment within itself, especially when you look around at the college ranks and see all of the people who have been to all of those events. I mean, there's uh, players at every level, but I've always been fascinated. I, I know we talk a lot. We've known each other for a handful of years. How did you get the idea when you did your first one of these kind of that you were going to do that and how you were going to do it? <laughs> well, my first one was, uh, 2014 and uh, you know quite frankly I, I teamed up with uh, Jim Daybelt and it did not go real great on the on the uh, administrative side um, I think we had 80 kids uh, we definitely filled the event um, you know and I just it, it kind of it kind of showed me what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to improve on. Um, you know, so that, to me, that was, it was, it was a great first event, but I knew how much better it could be. I knew I want, what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to improve on. So, uh, just every year I try to get better at what we do. And, um, you know, I think the key is, is just having great relationships with coaches um, so that they're there. Uh, I say it all the time that that's what that's what runs the event or drives it is the amount of coaches we get there. Um, you know, if I had 10, 12, 15 coaches like some of these other events, I it would not be as, success, as successful. Uh, you get a lot of coaches there. The good players want to be there. You know, the good players want, are there then the coaches want to be there. Uh, it's just that simple. Um, you know, but a lot of people think you can just jump on the internet and grab a bunch of emails and start emailing coaches and get them in your building. And that's just not how it is. Like you have to build relationships with them. You have to be honest with them. Um, you know, that's something that I take great pride in is being very honest uh, about not only kids in the, the showcase, but kids in our AAU program, you know, I tell them the good with the bad. Um, so coaches know exactly what they're getting with kids. And, um, you know, that in itself has just allowed me to build great relationships with coaches and, and, uh, the trust is there. So, uh, you know, again, the, the coaches and the kids what drives the event. I, I don't do anything special. Um, you know, I, I take pride in not having to build up the hype as far as we don't have a bunch of photographers running around. We don't have people running around making mixtapes. We don't have, you know, special guests. I don't need to get future or past, you know, 
Buckeye players to try to get kids in the door. Like we put coaches in the building, we have great competition and that's what it's about. And, you know, I think ultimately that's what the kids and the parents appreciate and they, they want to get after it and play in front of coaches. So how much of what you're able to kind of do for the kids in terms of on a normal year, the skills competitions and stuff like that comes from being able to see the game the other way back when you were a much more clean shaven coach yourself. Well, you know, we, we, uh, kind of gotten away from the skills, you know, cause it, it's really, it's really tough to put that many kids through skills that are worth it. And, you know, things that, you know, you can't, I don't care how you slice it. You cannot give kids the individual attention in those scenarios like they deserve. Um, quite frankly, a lot of those, a lot of those events that still hang on to the skill park, that's just a filler. You know, that's just them feel like their money is, is that they're paying is worth it. Um, so we've kind of gotten away from that. Coaches don't care. You know, the coaches don't even show up for that as part of the event. Usually, um, you know, what the coaches do like is some one-on-one stuff, some three-on-three. Uh, so we kind of started moving towards that. And, and I started talking to that about, uh, about that with Nolan Dwyer, who uh, helps me run the Northwest event. Um, and it was a great suggestion. We talked about it. We tried it. And coaches loved it. A thousand times more than the skills. You know, they did show up knowing that they were going to be more competitive stuff instead of just skill work. Um, when we started doing that, coaches said, hey, I, I really like that because I, I was able to evaluate kids a lot before they even started playing five-on-five. Five. Um so that's kind of where we're at and where, what we're moving towards. But, yeah, in the fall, we generally do the, the combine stuff. Um, and then we test height, speed, agility, and strength. Um, but we did not do that this year just because of all the, the virus going on. And, and I just felt like, you know, the the least amount of contact or, or close groups these kids were in, the better. Uh, the least amount of time they can be in the gym, the better. Uh, so, you know, that's just, we, we will pick it up again next fall, but just wasn't, uh, something that I thought was going to be beneficial this year. I've always loved the day after, which is obviously a Monday when we tape this because it's usually late Sunday night or early Monday morning where the kids or the parents generally tweet you everything that they thought about it. My personal favorite is. Uh, Jody Austin for this year. If you're not going, you're doing it wrong. If you're not going to one of Rich's events, you're doing it wrong. And another opportunity to play in front of all of these coaches. I know that obviously you see all that, you retweet all of that, but on a kind of a, a work level, what does that mean to you to see all of those girls as that kind of testimonial for what you and your staff have done? Honestly, I would I would much rather be able to thank everybody face to face, uh, with a handshake or a hug or, or, you know, whatever that is. Uh, but it's just not possible when you got 120 kids in there. Um, you know, we've had, I've had up to 160, 
Uh, it's just not possible to show my appreciation to every single person in in person. And quite frankly, I don't know everybody. You know, a lot of the, I know a lot of the kids, at least in passing. But um, there's there's kids that attend that I don't know them. You know, I don't I wouldn't know the I wouldn't know a face to a name, uh, let alone their parents. So you know. I appreciate it when people approach me and, and thank me so that that does give me an opportunity to, to at least conversate with them for a second. Um, you know, all the Twitter stuff is great. I, uh, but again, ultimately I wish I could, um, thank everybody face to face. And unfortunately that's just not realistic. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Twitter stuff is great. I mean, I love it. It's, it's great to, you know, I run around all day long at these events and people that have been there have seen that. Um, trying to keep everything running smoothly. Or in my case, had to go get your sandwiches. No, sandwiches are very (laughs) important, Mike. That's what Uh, happens. (laughs) uh, You know, I it's just I wish I could talk to everybody in person, but since I can't, you know, it's great to to be able to communicate with people on social media and and see that kind of stuff. It, It definitely is a great reward for putting in a lot of work. Uh, into the event and you know I really do want everybody to get out of the event what they're looking for um, and for the most part that's exposure to college coaches um, you know some people really want to compete against the, the other top players and that's great uh, but I want them to enjoy it especially since a lot of people do make a, a, a long trip not everybody lives within a half hour an hour uh, we had kids from West Virginia and Pennsylvania. Well, Pennsylvania wasn't isn't really that far from Salem, but uh, we had some Cincinnati kids that are all the way across the state. We had a handful of Dayton kids that are almost all the way across the state. Um, you know, with Jody, she is a kid from Dayton, and I would say it was probably a four hour trip for her. Uh, so it really, really uh, validates what I'm doing and when, how I feel about all this, when someone that can travel four hours and be completely happy with it. Um, and you know, about what she said specifically, she, she is completely on the, on the mark. Like it's sad that there's some kids that are still not getting encouraged to come to these events. And you know, there's not, the big thing is some AAU coaches just, they refuse for pride or for, in security reasons, I'm not sure. Uh, they still refuse to encourage their kids to attend. And some of them go, you know, to the extent of making them play at fall league stuff instead or playing in an AAU tournament or whatever it is, uh, just so that they don't even have to go down that route with their kids. Um, and, and it's really just an injustice to their players. Now, one kid in seven years has came to a, NEO showcase and got recruited for AAU. I can, I can, that's the honest truth. I've never spoke to one kid about AAU while they were there. That's not why they're there. That's not why I'm there. Uh, we have no problem getting team huddle kids. So I don't even have to do that. Um, you know, so it is just, it, it's sad that, that some kids are not going to be able to participate. Um, you know, it's sad that other kids have to, um, go to different showcases just to appease people in their region, you know, 
I'm not, I'm not going to pull any punches. You know, the date and showcase is, is nothing compared to what I do. And those kids feel the responsibility to go there just so, you know, they might make it on some website that they have to pay an extra $15 to go on or to, to read, uh, you know, when in, in reality, they could be somewhere else and be playing in front of coaches in person, um, two, three, four times the amount of coaches that they would be playing in front of, but you know, they kind of get gilded into, into not being there. So, you know, it is what it is. I just hope, uh, you know, none of my kids ever feel that way about going to different events that play in our program or, or in the, in my area. You know, I, I want kids to always be able to make that choice and not, not feel pressured one way or another. Well, and this weekend you've got another opportunity in Oregon, a lot of a terrific talent, and I saw a lot of great coaches already lined up for the Northwest Ohio event. Just the second time you've done it, but it was so big last year. Was it maybe a little bigger than you anticipated it might be? Uh, I mean, because that was a terrific event that I got to be there in person and see as well. Um, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't what we were wanting last year. Um, you know we were on track to make that event this year outstanding. Um, last year was good. I think we had 41 kids and 15 or 16 college coaches, which, you know, that that's an excellent couple hours for kids, but. Well, especially uh, we, as you're building your brand out that way too. Yeah. I mean, last year was the first year, so it was something new. Um, there's a lot of talent out there in Northwest Ohio and a lot of it. I feel like someone's been telling you that for years. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're in Toledo, that's one thing. Uh, if you play at Toledo, Notre Dame or Whitmer or, you know, those schools up there. Um, yeah. You get to play in the class in the country and the, in the journey attorney and those kind of things. So it's not as, it's not as bad for the, you know, the, good inner city schools or the private schools up in Toledo, but uh, like Toledo Rogers has always had plenty of exposure, but um, you know, there's a lot more schools in Northwest Ohio that do not get to do that kind of stuff. Um, so it is a great event for kids to get seen and for coaches to see some talent up there. Uh, again, we haven't really gotten what we wanted out of the event yet. Um, this year is going to be much, much better than last year uh, as the second year. But even then, like, we've been handicapped by the virus and everything. We we were on track to have an outstanding event in the spring. Um, we had we literally had 30 to 40 coach colleges already committed. We had a lot of kids going. Uh, and then everything changed and uh, – you know, so we're gonna we're gonna end up well in in year two. I mean, like you said, we already have twenty one colleges committed, and that number is probably gonna grow at least to thirty, probably by the end of the week. Um, and we're gonna end up with sixty to eighty kids, and it's gonna be another outstanding day of basketball. And again, you know, I it, it for September twentieth, there's no better place to be. I know that sounds cliche, but you know, when you when when you think about the ultimate goal, it's it's to be seen by college coaches. It's not to be uh, got a two or three sentence written about you on a website. You got to pay to see. Like that's just not where it's at. And uh, 
you know, it's unfortunate that some kids aren't going to be able to take part in that, but we're here to help whoever we can. And, and that's just how we're going to go with it. I'm sad that, uh, just where the world is, I'm not going to be able to be there this time because you have three young ladies that I'm a huge fan of Carly wrestler and Emma Pedroza from Napoleon. And one of my favorite point guards to watch every year, I get to see her a handful of times a person and Nakia Sigmund from Lima senior. Um, just, I love that those three young ladies are getting an opportunity to play with a lot of the girls from the track and uh, a lot of the Toledo area schools because big years for the Napoleon girls last year, they have that weird ending where they're on the floor, the state finals get canceled. I love Emma Pedroza's game, and for her transferring from Tenora to Napoleon last year got more exposure, I think, than she would have but this is certainly going to go a long way. Well, I, I can tell you right now, Emmett Pedroza is uh, definitely going to be a kid that people are going to know very soon. Um, I think she was definitely uh, behind a lot of great upperclassmen at Napoleon last year, and she's still behind several of them this year. But, um, you know, there's probably a very good chance that she might be able to, to uh, poke up in the starting lineup. Maybe not, but I, I don't know what their team looks like. But either they'll, way, they'll be good. Yeah, I mean, there's a they're a very talented team, and there's a lot of kids that are older than her that that you know get a lot of playing time, and rightfully so. But uh, you know, as her playing time increases, people are going to start finding out that that kid can play. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of good things from her the, the few times I did see them uh, in limited minutes, and. I mean, she's a lefty that can get to the basket. She's got a strong build, uh, has a good sense for the game, and uh, she can make plays. So it's only a matter of time. I don't know, you know, when when it's really going to hit its peak, but um, she's definitely a, a kid out there that, that's going to be known more and more every, every month that goes by. That entire family are all good jump shooters. Don't know what it is. Seen it for years. Just every one of them, terrific shooters. Well, I'll tell you what, Shay was probably one of the most under-recruited kids that I've seen in the last couple of years. Shay can play, and Laura's got a steal. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, like, she came to my J31 event last year and won the one-on-one competition, and that included a lot of really good basketball players um, that not only played are, are on scholarship at D2 schools, but also Division One schools, and she came out on top. Uh, so, again, definitely, I think a lot of schools missed out on her. Um, but we'll see. I know she's going to have a great career up at Lourdes. But, uh, you know, I was glad that she could come to some of my events the last couple of years. And, and uh, she definitely put her name on the map. Again, I don't know. You know, I can't speak for every coach and, and – why they make the decisions they make and and don't make and you know unfortunately uh, not every kid that gets exactly where you know they think they should be or I think they should be or or whatnot but she did find a good home hopefully and and she's gonna she's gonna be a nice basketball player for sure. Uh, people want to find out more about that event just a couple of days away. Where do they go? Um, you can go to uh, hofhuddle dot com. Uh, it's one of the uh, featured articles at the top of the page. Um, 
I'll probably move it to the, to the top article probably right after we get off the phone here. But uh, they can they can find it there. It's all over Twitter too. Uh, wow, what is my Twitter name? I don't even what H O F Auto underscore Rich. I believe right? so. I believe so. I believe you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a great event. Well, I'm excited, uh, especially with yesterday's momentum. We're definitely gonna. We're going to kill it out there, too. We talk a lot about team huddle, uh, kind of just between us, but the last couple of years being able to kind of recruit from Northwest Ohio, so to speak, you get a young lady in Emelise who has been on your team for a couple of years now here from Spencerville, and she just commits to play college basketball. She's actually the other interview on this show. You've had kind of a, kind of an interesting ride in terms of how she goes from coming to events and now being a part of your family. What does that mean to be able to, to see her grow and to see her committed now to D2? Well, first of all, do I have to follow Emma or is she following me? I haven't decided which way it'll go yet by the time we tape this. <laughs> uh, she's, she's definitely going to be a tough act to follow. That's for sure. Um, you know, but first of all, I don't recruit Northwest Ohio. I don't recruit anywhere. Uh, you know, we, it kind of, it kind of fell into our lap. Uh, she was interested in another program or finding a new program that played more exposure stuff and played a more competitive schedule. Um, obviously we can provide that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you are the one that kind of put the bug in the ear. Um, and, for the first time I got a call from mom, it was, it was positive, you know, and before she even ever came to a showcase, I'm pretty sure if she wasn't committed to us, uh, she was close. You know, I think, um, she did come to the fall showcase. I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Jackson high school. And, um, that was the first time we got to, you know, I got to see her play in person. I think she got to meet a couple of the kids that were already in our program and, and did that probably help to make that decision, I'm sure. But um, it was already kind of in the works before before we had uh, – she came to that event. But I just can't – I can't even say how, how uh, thankful I am that we can have a, a – player of Emma's caliber um, and a family of the least caliber in our program. Um, you know, mom has always been outstanding. Emma has, has uh, been awesome with us. I mean, they really honestly just embody everything that we, we look for and preach and expect out of our, our kids and our family. So, you know, it's a little sad that, that we got to let her go, but, you know, that's how it happens every year. So kind of sucks having to think about never being a coach or able to coach her again. But, uh, you know, I was, I was definitely grateful that I got to coach her last, uh, last AAU game. It's the whole baby bird leaving the nest thing. Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess the, it's helping me prepare for McKenzie growing up. So, right. One other thing I wanted to ask you about because I've always loved that you do this about, giving back uh, about the Christmas giving project, because I was thinking about this 
couple of months ago. Obviously, we're a long way backwards from Christmas, but you're in such a different world in terms of you're a little bit of everywhere at all times. What was the thought, I mean, about being able to give back to folks and kind of use everything you're doing for good? Well, it it started uh, back in, I want to say 2015, but I can't remember exactly um, a young lady that a lot of people probably would remember, Jackie Custer, um, was playing at Jackson. I think she was a sophomore at the time, and she uh, was diagnosed with uh, leukemia. And, you know, I I got to be around that program a little bit when they were dealing with that, and they were doing fundraisers. And, and uh, you know, it, at the time, I don't know how many followers I had. I didn't have as many as I have now, but I just kind of felt like, getting to meet Jackie and talk to her. And she was just such an outstanding kid that, you know, I wanted to help any way I could. Um, you know, I just felt like maybe I had a platform that, that I could, I could reach a lot of people that would also want to help. And, uh, so we kind of started the Christmas project, but you know, every year it's different. That first year it started with Jackie and we, I want to say we, we collected about, somewhere between $2,000 and $2,500 and gave it to her. We, we went Christmas shopping and bought some stuff for her family, but we also gave them the rest of the, of the cash to use however they wanted to. But, um, you know, we actually got to visit Jackie on Christmas day. Uh, one of my former players, uh, Izzy Meese from Garraway, um, her and Brandy Snow went Christmas shopping and got some gifts for them. And then uh, me and Izzy delivered them on Christmas day to them. And it was just such a great experience. Um, and to this day, like Jackie and her parents, every time I see them, uh, they're just so grateful and they still thank me. And, uh, you know, it was, number one, it was great to see that she made it through that. And she, she's, I think right now she's coaching middle school at, at Hoover. Uh, basketball. Uh, she, I believe she graduated from Mount Union. Uh, so she's obviously doing very well and, you know, just kind of took off from there. We did it the following year. Uh, we, we didn't collect as much, but we got some and helped the family whose father, uh, had a heart attack right around the holidays and, and they needed a little help. And, you know, it just kind of went from there. And, and this year I'm doing it a little differently. Um, as you know, I kind of, I started doing food delivery and, and whatnot during the, the pandemic to make money. But, you know, I got, I got a, uh, firsthand look at how a lot of people live that I wasn't necessarily aware of before. Um, you know, it kind of hit me one day when I went to, I picked up a rally's order for a hamburger and a milkshake and, I delivered it to a very, very rough part of Canton that, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody wants to live there, but it's necessity, you know, just based off of their economic uh, situation and whatnot. And I left this food at the door and I, I'm walking back to my car and a girl answers the door. I would assume that she was probably, you know, maybe between 13 and 15 
And like, it was the greatest thing in the world to her. Like the way she reacted just because she got to eat a hamburger and milkshake from a restaurant was just in it. And I, it really hit me honestly. And I just don't feel like anybody should have to live where they, the greatest thing that they can receive is a hamburger and a milkshake. Uh, so it really just hit me hard. And I, I wanted to try to provide like, you know, it, it's probably my goal was way too high for, for, you know, what I'm actually going to get, I'm sure. But uh, so, you know, this year I'm making it where I'm donating a quarter for every, every delivery I do in DoorDash, which I'm over 2000 right now. So I've put over $500 in it. And I'm also adding a dollar for every player that's participated at my event. Unfortunately, we've only had one this year, but uh, it's still something. And, uh, you know, I'm taking donations. But what we're, what I'm trying to do is just kind of go into the inner city and, uh, you know, these neighborhoods that, that don't have much. And I want to I try to, you know, cheer some kids up and give them, a, you know, maybe a gift or a gift card. And, and uh, you know, if we, could, if we could help cheer up some kids, uh, that would be a great Christmas for me. So that's kind of what we're doing this year. And, and I, I set a goal that's probably really high. I wanted to give like a thousand kids a gift or a gift card, but that's probably, uh, not within reach, but Hey, uh, whatever we get, we're going to do. And, you know, I'm, I've talked to a couple guys. Um, you know, I've also done some deliveries in Akron and, and I've seen some areas there that are really bad. So, uh, you know, we're going to get some help and we're going to get out there and, and deliver some some joy to some kids that, you know, may not otherwise get maybe maybe some of them won't get anything. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at this year. Well, that goes back to prove exactly what I've always said about you, that you're a good dude and uh, have always gone out of your way to help other people out. I am happy that we we're able to finally have you on here and talk about everything going on in your world. And thank you so much for doing this. Are we out of time or? Yes. I mean, I would like to talk about Emelise a little bit more if I could. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the important thing about Emma is that people don't realize, like she lives three hours away from where we play or where we practice last year. Trust me. It's not a fun drive. I've done it. Um, this kid, Got out of school every, I think we practiced on Thursdays last year. Maybe it was Tuesdays, but I mean, she got out of school and drove three hours right after leaving school to come to practice. She practiced for an hour and a half, two hours, drove home, got home after midnight and did not miss one practice. Like, you know, I always say you get out of it what you put into it. And she put in so much. And people don't realize that. I mean, you know, some people probably don't even realize she don't live anywhere near where we play or practice. You know, and it's not uncommon for us. Like, we have kids that came from Erie, PA, two hours away that have done it. We've had kids come from Wheeling or, you know, even south of Wheeling. Uh, Lauren Flannery drove two hours and 45 minutes every day for two years. Uh, Andrea Place came from Athens. You know, it's not uncommon, but it needs to be it, it needs to be said that, you know, the commitment to be good is for some of these kids is, is where it needs to be. And some of them, it's not like, 
there's some kids that live in Canton that are late to practices or kids that live in Canton that can't come to practice or, you know, it, it's just as, as my good friend, coach Kuzi always says, either, either make a way or you make an excuse. Uh, or all he says, you either find a way or you find an excuse. Um, you know, Emily did absolutely everything. I, I'm so excited that she, I mean, she committed to Kentucky Wesleyan, but, you know, she had offers from other really good Division two schools in the region. Uh, so I was really happy that that she had that opportunity. But, you know, I was I was just really hard on her last year when she was a sophomore, and she played on a team with all juniors. Um, and I seen that I knew how good she could be. So I, I, I really did not take it easy on her. Um, even though she was a little bit younger and she responded to it every day. Like she, she was always a pleasure to coach, even though I, I ripped her from time to time. Um, you know, there was times where I just felt like she was too careless and, you know, not taking care of the ball that every, every time she made a mistake, I was on her. Um, you know, and it kind of, it kind of hit home even before last year's season was over. Um, her mom walked up to me before we even played in July and said, Hey, we're coming back next year. You're stuck with us. And, you know, usually those conversations take place after the season. And, you know, they knew early on that they were not playing anywhere else. And to me, hearing that so early, you know, we still had three tournaments left. Uh, just hearing that so early, you know, made me feel like what I was doing was right and she was taking it and she was receptive to it. And, um, you know, it, it, it ended well for everybody. You know, I actually got this, we, we ended our careers together in Indy and, um, we took a scooter ride around the city, uh, just me and her. And it was just, it was fantastic. We got to talk, you know, about our time together. We got to talk about, um, what she was thinking as far as her decision, this was before she decided where to commit. And, you know, to me, that was just a, it was a great ending to a great relationship where, you know, we got the, we got through the, the tough parts where I was a, a jerk sometimes, but, um, it got to end with a win. It got to end with us spending some time together and just talking about everything. And, uh, Again, I, I love that kid to death, and and I know that I'm going to be excited to watch her play in college, and that's that's just that's just what I wanted to get off my chest, I guess. I don't think there's a better testament to a kid and a player than what uh, you've just given. So now she will have to come after you the way these interviews are set up. Because <laughs> I think the, I don't well, think there's a better lead in than what you just said. Well, I'm glad I can help with that segue. But I am uh, I am always happy to see what you've got going on, help in any small way that I ever can. And I am so happy we're able to have you on. No, I appreciate you, Mike. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we've been, we've gone back several years and, and it all started with a Twitter message. Um, you know, I, I definitely appreciate your support. I love you like a brother and you know, you've just always been so good to me. And again, you, you don't expect anything in return. You do everything you can for me to help. And, you know, you just don't expect anything in return. I, hopefully I can give, I, I give in return or, you know, 
provide you with with the same assistance that you provide me but um you know i just appreciate you you're just a great friend and uh appreciate what you do man well i'm excited that we can go do something whenever it is that the world gets back to normal I'm thinking about taking a road trip all the way out to the Golden Gate Bridge. You want to go? <laughs> I got a kid on the way, and I don't see the wife <laughs> letting that one go. Uh, maybe we'll reschedule nah. that. <laughs> yeah. You got to get them in while you can, because when the kid's here, it gets worse, buddy. Uh, not that I would know. I'm not driving three hours for Uncle Rich to babysit. <laughs> Although, uh, well, you know. Congratulations hey. on that, too. Thank I you. know your wife is a great lady, and, and you are... Uh, said it on Twitter, you're going to be an outstanding father. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that you're going to raise your child as a North Carolina fan, but wow. you know, nobody can be perfect. Wow. Go okay. Your time is up. Now the guy with the hook is now walking <laughs> through the door. You're supposed to play one of those buttons. That oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Hold on. <laughs> you see, now talk about, official. talk about that again. You'll get this terrible <laughs> that's all we've got that's rich harlan thank you so much my friend you're welcome man thank you at hof huddle underscore rich follow him on twitter uh most of the time it's a good idea back with more here in just a few danny the deal maker are you ready ready for what eric brand new cars and trucks are rolling into lee kitzel chevy buick gmc again that's great because we need pre-owned trades big time yep danny have i mentioned lately how much respect i have for this country not in the last five minutes even the virus can't keep us down gm workers are back strong and building the best there is we're here proud to represent the greatest products on american road chevy buick and gmc and i love how so many of us in the area have remained positive helping each other and staying the course no matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Talking to Emelise now, and uh, I would think you've got to be one of the happiest kids in the world going into your senior season. First of all, congratulations, but to be able to have pressure off your shoulders of having college picked, done, and over with. Yeah, definitely a big relief once I committed. Um, the recruiting process is really fun, but it's also very stressful at the same time, so I'm glad going into my senior year, I know what I'm doing after. Well, and it's such a weird year for you, too, because with everything going on, it made sort of your last AAU season be an oddity and everything that kind of took place to get to this point, I would think would make it even more of a relief to be done with it. Yeah, definitely. This uh, My whole like life, I was like, all right, I'm playing AAU to get better, but the last one is what really counts. And then to come in and not even know if you're going to be, if I'm going to be able to play my last year of AU or I'm banking on that's going to be how I pick my college. And then just so happy we had the opportunity to play a few times in Indianapolis and get the looks that I needed. Speaking of Indianapolis, I heard a story that's on the other half of this podcast that you not only had a great time, but afterwards you got to ride around Indianapolis on a scooter with a guy yeah. with a beard. How did that go? Uh, it was really fun. We 
went all around Indy, and then we found this little river thing. So we carried our scooters all the way down these steps before a basketball game and started riding along this river that we weren't supposed to have scooters. And so we just had a blast. It was that a lot of fun. That sounds like any trip I've ever had with Rich anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. It was a lot of fun. We weren't supposed to do that, but those are the best stories. Yeah, always. You just don't tell anyone in law enforcement in your family. <laughs> yeah. They don't think yeah. it's funny. Uh, but I, I really do love it. I was able to see kind of as you grow up and hit high school and all of that, and I'm so happy that you were able to make that work. And I know for a fact, because Rich has told me, your coach has told me uh, that you worked your tail off, but for kind of that maturation during AAU and to be a part of that team huddle family has to be special. Definitely. Um, Going in like pretty late with them. I only had two years with team huddle, but every person I met like has impacted and made me better in some aspect of either like basketball or my like regular life. Everybody is a friend of mine now, and I'm going to have friends forever just because of Team Huddle, and they've given me so many opportunities, and it's made me so much better as a player. Sorry, while I'm doing this, I should note this, that I just called a soccer game, and it seemed easier that while I was set up, I would call Emma and do this because I know how to get out of here, and uh, (laughs) Greg Ekus just came up and harassed me while that was going on. (laughs) But when I said, no, it's just Emma, he said, oh, okay, you're fine. Just let yourself out. So you've got a little bit of a little bit of fans, a little bit of pull around here, apparently. I mean, maybe a little. Some kind of swag, but it is so cool, though. I you know get to see obviously with the combines, and sometimes uh, it really becomes kind of a, a perfect fit in in theory. And even with your mom, kind of being able to come along with the journey and be a big part of that as well. It's such a neat thing to be able to see for you guys of how you travel and and make things work as a family. Yeah. My mom is absolutely amazing. So is all my family. They support me. They don't get mad when I have to take my mom away for about like four days to go on a big basketball trip. But um, I think your dad would be thrilled about that. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, exactly. I've met your mom. I know. (laughs) They always went up to the lake, had some fun, but we were always at the basketball tournament, but Really thanks to them for, like, making the trips for me. They didn't have to do any of it, but I would definitely wouldn't be where I am without my family, obviously. You had a ton of choices. How did you arrive at Kentucky Wesleyan? Oh, that was, that was a tough decision to make. When I first went down there on my visit, everything was just perfect, and I actually had dinner with the team the night before I went on campus and visited. So the girls were awesome. They made me feel like I was part of the team just that one day of having a dinner with them. And it was so easy to talk to them all. And I think that was the main factor that decided because all the schools that I was looking at and that were looking at me had winning records and were great programs, loved the coaching staff, but it was the team of girls at Kentucky Western that really won me over to that college. How, I mean, obviously you're in a weird spot in terms of your senior year is here but you don't really know what your senior basketball season is going to hold. You're kind of in that in that holding pattern. How is that? Are you able to keep even about that? Um, no, I think about it a lot. It's pretty scary. Even if we have a season, but it's like a reduced season to where it's league games only. I'm so I'm going to be pretty upset. Um, I just I'm really hoping we have a full season. I think this season will be one of the most fun of the four that I've played here. What does 
uh, as you kind of look back at it, what does being a part of Team Huddle in, in that short time kind of mean to you? Um, Team Huddle has just, it really changed everything. When I was playing AU on a different team, like I'd seen some pretty good competition, but nothing serious. And then as soon as I went to Team Huddle, they really showed me what good basketball in Ohio and all around is. And it showed me that I still had a lot, a lot of work to do. So it really showed me I wasn't as good as I thought I was at the time. And so if I wouldn't have played for Team Huddle, I don't think I would be where I am right now because it showed me how much harder I have to work. And that just changed everything. Outside of basketball and obviously the trip down through Indianapolis, what other than riding scooters down through Indianapolis, what sticks out to you kind of as you look back and you kind of go, all right, AAU's done. What sticks out to you about that journey? Um, this year, uh, it was a whole new group of girls. And going down there, every time I would get closer and closer with my teammates. And so just the most fun part of every trip down to Indy was walking back like late at night after you play a late game, going out to eat with the team, getting close, and then just like – the relationships I made in Indy is something that I probably will never forget about this AU season. I, I guess conversely, the follow-up to that is, what is it meant to you being a Bearcat? It definitely changes like how I look at um, like my teammates and everything. Like You only have a limited amount of time with people, so when we're together, I'm going to make sure that as the Bearcats team, we're going to have a lot of fun together, and we're going to just be a really good teammate to one another, and we're going to play as a team. I know that you were here tonight at this soccer game that I was talking about with LCC. How bittersweet was it to be sitting in the stands watching girls you've played for years with going up and down and just sort of being a spectator? I'm not going to lie. I didn't like it. I really missed being out there with them. Like I would see things and just was wishing that I was out there playing, trying to help them win. But um, I was there cheering them on. It's hard to watch just because it is, it's so much fun to play with them. But um I'd rather be playing with them than watching them play. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> broadcasting. I always say the same thing. You know, you, you can't just go watch a game. You, you think about it in your head and you go, well, why did this happen? Why did that happen? But yep. I, uh, I am so happy for you. I mean, I got to see, again, kind of how things come to be. And I know you've worked your tail off, and I'm excited to see what comes next for you and, and how you are going to be a baller at the college level. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good luck. I just, uh, I, again, I, I just can't say enough. I'm just so proud and happy for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's Emilise back with more of this here in just a few. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Week four of the high school football season hits the airwaves this Friday night starting at 6.15 p.m. with a pregame show. Myself and Denny Sisko will have all of the action as the St. Mary's Rough Riders try to get back on the winning track after a double overtime loss against Ottawa Glendorf on Friday night. That's St. Mary's Rough Rider football this Friday night starting at 6.15 p.m. The kickoff right here at 7 o'clock on your home for Rough Rider football, K94. That, the Friday night game of the week in my house, because that's where I'll be. In Van Wert, uh, thank you so much for listening to this show every week because we get so close to a year already that uh, I've been doing this show. That amazes me within itself. 
try to be sure to bring you the best of what's going on and around the area and hopefully it uh it works um uh, so many cool people that i've got to talk to of course throughout the year and uh three of those in uh, new bremen volleyball coach diana kramer emma Lee's the uh newest college signee at kentucky wesleyan and my buddy rich harlan i give him a lot of guff but uh He's the longest interview we've ever done on the show, and it was a good one. I'm a big fan of all those people, especially the ones that are Tar Heels. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, have a great week, wherever that you may be. Thanks for tuning in here. It's a little show called Around the Hearn. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.